This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouse Out Podcast brought to you by Dirty South Sock and the Palatial 6A of the Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Mr. Josh Bagriansky. And across from me, Mr. Sam Franco. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing pretty well. It's been a pretty good. interesting 48 hours. Tumultuous? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but uh, the club are about to go into the season with 17 players. And that was the plan all along. There's sh- and I will get into it. Later. Seventeen? That's too many, dude. Too many, too, too many. many. Who else can they sell at this point? I'm trying. To, mean, I'm trying to think of who else could potentially leave. Like you only everybody. Scenario. You only need eleven. <laughs> like Guzan's not going anywhere. We know that. They're selling everybody. Escobar fire maybe? sale. Escobar was rumored, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fire sale. Me. You only need eleven. <laughs> now you're reminding me of fire sale from um, Arrested Development. Ah, you know, uh, yes. It's a fire sale. <laughs> Well, we got bias. news. We got news on our end. Did you guys hear about this? Did I tell you guys about this? No. Did you guys hear? Were you guys uh, no, I'm totally unaware we, of what. Did about I tell to you about happen. this in the pre-show? Oh, meeting? We got a dog. We didn't get a dog. I think no. I missed well, that pre-show us. meeting. Podcast dog. Not be interesting. <laughs> that would be podcast cool. Podcast dog. Yeah. No, we are uh, happy to announce that we have a podcast sponsor. It is Lucid FC. You see yeah. us donning the Lucid FC gear. We got some sweet hats, some shirts, sweaters. I got some sweatpants that I'm, I'm, I I love right now. Yeah. I put them on as soon as I got done with work, Work. and I was like, oh, so comfy. Uh, Lucid FC, if you're not uh, familiar, distinctive modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta, uh, reflects a deeply British-American heritage design approach uh, to clothing, promotes uh, freedom of fashion, gender, and role. Uh, the brand's iconic logo is immediately recognizable. Lucid FC, uh, creative and functional, pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies, Ask me what the FC stands for in Lucid FC. What does the FC stand for in Lucid FC? Footwear and clothing, and it's a perfect match for all football club fans. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Check them out, lucidfc.us. See why celebrities love this line. Uh, Lucid FC available, again, www.lucidfc.us. You can also check them out online, Instagram, at lucidfc, on Twitter, at lucidfc. And um, I got a chance to go through their... their store yesterday, and I was kind of amazed at. Uh, they're for real. Yeah, they're. I awesome. don't know what they're doing with us. But, uh, oh wait, no, I didn't. Don't no, say that. Wait, we're really good. No, this is a good product. It's. Uh, they got some really creative ideas. They've got some good uh, plans for for future designs. Um, I know that uh, uh, they hooked us up with this stuff, and I, I'm telling you, like, I don't normally wear sweaters without hoods, but I'm gonna wear this thing for. Yeah. Ever. And they've a got everything, right? I mean, sweatshirt. They, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Such an old man. Um, I, no, but going through, they started out with a, a a shoe, and the shoe. I have a picture. I'm gonna put it on up on Instagram here in a little bit. Um, they started out with a shoe, and then just kind of have grown the brand since. And uh, now they're stepping up to the big leagues by asking, uh, yeah. or by, by by sponsoring and partnering up stepping, with uh, with the Mouths of the stepping, South podcast. Uh, yeah, what a step up <laughs> this is. Let me tell you. And I just so I think this is so cool for us because. Uh, I, I I've had the benefit of knowing uh, some of the some sure. of them personally over the last couple of years, and uh, it, it's just coincidence that they ended up sponsoring us. But uh, 
these are genuinely guys that are about the brand. They're local. They love soccer. And the reason why it's so great for us to partner, aside from the obvious connection with right. with, with the soccer element of it, is just that. You know, I think obviously they're much further down the road than we are, but there's some similarities in that it's an organic, organically grown brand, and these yeah. guys are totally committed to their craft. And and I just I'm just shocked that they wanted to partner with us. Really, I'm really flattered. I'm a fan of this hat. I love it. The hats hat. are my favorite. Oh so yeah, I'm I'm big time. I see, I see the hats all over the place. Yeah. I see the hats all they're over awesome. Atlanta. And I remember when they showed me their logo, and I was like, oh, okay. And you know I'm like you know I'm like 85 years old, so I just thought people were walking <laughs> around with a hashtag on their hat. But it's actually a cool little, uh, cool little design. And when I found out it was them, I was like, dude, I see your, I see this stuff everywhere. So it's it's a really cool product. And like I said, just every every way you look at the uh, the, the the design of the logo, it's F and it's an F and an L. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, cool. and again, we're t- genuine local guys that are you know Atlanta guys. It's just it's a perfect partnership for us, and I really recommend you guys go support. If them. you want to check out the store, they're in the Buckhead Village here in Atlanta. Um, just search Lucid FC. Yeah, they're in a um, great spot, man. Right, right, kind of near Peachtree and Piedmont, man. Famous intersection in Atlanta and in uh, a good little area. Down very there. cool location. Uh, very cool. Very cool uh, uh, company that I've uh, that we've come to know here in the last uh, few days. And again, LucidFC.us. Follow them on Instagram at LucidFC and on Twitter at LucidFC. All right. Support the brands that support us. Yes. You know what I mean, sir. All right. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with good news or we start with bad news? Oh, I thought it was all bad news. I thought we're selling every single well, player in the club's disbanding. We've got new kits. Oh well. We're selling Tito. I'm just kidding. Well, you're that's not. not g- that's not good news. Oh, I see. <laughs> the yeah, club I did see. get We've a got dog. new player rumors. We've got a new dog. Like, what? Where do we want to start here? I know Eric is. We got to start with Tito. We got to start with Tito. Yeah, I mean, you're. I mean, it, it, despite I mean, despite what people will think, I'm not happy that Tito's. Leaving. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm not happy that Tito's. Sure, leaving sure, sure, sure. Because I do believe that he was a underutilized super sub for Atlanta United last year. I think that there should have been more opportunities for him to be used. What a backhanded compliment! No, yeah, look, right. he, look, come on, can't, you cannot he give was, him what he was. This is the third coach that didn't want to play him toward the end, of, either during the time that he was there or toward the end of the time that 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 coach was there. Yeah. If you look at his time at Tijuana, didn't play at all. You look at the at the toward the end of the time with Elena uh, uh, with uh, Tata Martino, didn't play much. More due to the injury, but still, whatever. He couldn't really get back into it. And then with uh, Frank DeBoer. Didn't see the field all that much. Why are Atlanta United always tied to Jolos, by the way? I mean, I you know. mentioned them like with Tito and, and the the loan that didn't really work out. And then, obviously, the stuff that we've dealt with them with recently and uh, and how um, Meza somehow ended up coming from Jolos. It's a special <laughs> connection we got with Tito. I guess that. that's the way it is. But I, I think that when you're talking about Tito Vijalba and his legacy with Atlanta United, I think certainly and and this doesn't happen very often way more of like a fan favorite than an actual like impactful member of the team i'm not saying he didn't have his impactful moments because he certainly did particularly in 2017 the earlier parts of his atlanta united career when he was playing more obviously towards the latter parts as eric alluded to couldn't really find consistent minutes but tito vijalba is a player who the fans adore no question about it. Um, a guy who connected very well with the Atlanta United fan base. And unfortunately, through uh, some problems, I guess, meshing with the style of Frank DeBoer, and even towards the end of uh, Tata Martino's era, it just became evident 
that there were players that were probably going to be more efficient in getting the job done that the manager wanted to get done in certain positions. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of it was definitely that maybe he wasn't the best for Frank DeBoer's system, but as you mentioned, Sam, I mean, he, he was in a similar p- position under Tata Martino where he was coming off the bench, So I and, and obviously he's a quality player, so I think it's probably a good move uh, for both parties. But he got way more opportunities under Tata, yeah. especially in the beginning. Oh, yeah, and I, but there's a lot, you know, and I think that, you know, as as time went on, it became clear that he, you know, he was the odd man out in the first eleven. Obviously, with the resurgence of a Julian Gressel, and then obviously, you know, last year we have Barco and PT as well playing playing wide. It's hard to put those guys on the bench uh, for Tito Vijalba, and then obviously had the injury issue. So there's a lot of contextual stuff that kept him off the pitch. But certainly, when he was fit. Uh, at the least, is a horrifying super sub if you're a defender for the opposition team. And then more importantly, I mean, two of, to me, the most iconic moments in the short history of Atlanta United are obviously the Orlando City goal in 2017, that wins goal of the year. And then, of course, uh, that third goal at home against New York Red Bulls when Chris Armas blew it. Uh, that basically <laughs> that basically put Atlanta United in MLS Cup. So, I mean, what a huge contribution he's had to Atlanta United. And the way it ends isn't you know, it's not obviously as fans were sentimental, but I think kind of as you mentioned, Sam, it's best for both parties. We discussed this earlier on the MOTS radio show, which you can catch normally on Tuesdays, 7 p.m. on Atlanta Sports X. So be sure to check us out in that medium. But it's one of those things where you look at these two goals and it's like, it's funny because our, our guy Rob Usry over at Dirty South Soccer wrote an article kind of saying that like the greatest goal in Atlanta United history was Tito's goal against Red Bulls uh, that basically put them through to MLS Cup final. And it's funny because aesthetic-wise, like if you're looking at the aesthetics of it, there's only one answer to this question, and it's the Orlando. Oh, that's a that's a higher degree of difficulty of where he struck it from. Yeah. But then you talk about club legacy and things like that, and the Red Bulls goal is more important in terms of Absolutely. the history of Atlanta United and what it did for the team. So uh, it's one of those where and the yeah. re- and the emotional reaction you got out of, of it because it'd been so long since he scored. Yes. It, it, he had gone through everything he'd went through with the injuries and and not having that much playing time and and the, seeing that emotional reaction to that goal. Yeah, absolutely. That's what and I think I mean if you ask most fans, certainly I fit into this boat. What is the highest peak euphoric moment that you've had? Most of them will say the third goal in the first leg against. The I mean, that's Red the right Bulls. goal, right? That's a, I'm thinking of the yes. right goal. That's when he got emotional, right? Yes. No, I, I, I would still say second. Joseph's goal, the, I guess the opener in MLS Cup final for me. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. But yeah, so there's well, definitely some saying. competitions for me. I mean, In terms uh, of what? Most, just, most? Just just as far as sitting in the stands and feeling that oh. pure euphoria, I mean, that that moment. It's 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 tough that he couldn't score that. Uh, the the one he scored against Orlando, you couldn't do it at home. I know that that's... Well, just, you it's, know, it's, it's got its own... <laughs> no, but time out. No, no, no. It's got its own It's got its own merit doing it away, obviously. I love the fact that he did it away as well. Oh, it was the first official but, goal Atlanta United ever scored in Orlando. Imagine, so, imagine yeah. the stadium. We're talking about, you know, emotional reactions in the stands. Imagine the stadium if you had, if you had done that at home. But it, imagine being a traveling supporter. Like, like I was. Oh, I was there. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Awesome. Josh, thank you. Josh was at the game. You saw Tito become the Lion Tamer. That was the moment that that nickname, that sort of, uh, I guess, legacy thing happened for Atlanta United. It's when Tito scores the Thunderbolt against Orlando. And remember, if that doesn't happen, then we still can't say that, well, I guess we still could say that Orlando hasn't beaten Atlanta because it would have ended in a tie draw, without yeah. that goal. But still, I mean, that's one of those that was a big 
impactful moment early on in what has become a pretty fierce rivalry. It's funny how that goal, I think, set the table for Atlanta United being, up to that point, the league's most successful uh, expansion franchise. That goal in a lot of ways, especially that it came against in Orlando, who was a team that you were naturally being compared against at that time, Having they had just had their first season in the league a few years How before that. How dare you besmirch LAFC? Like <laughs> and that, that well, and then LAFC came and and as we all know had the, the, the greatest, real MLS yeah, Cup winners last year was LAFC, <laughs> the greatest season of all time without winning a title is obvious. And I don't want to get down that road, but uh, you know I think that goal I think is what again you're, you're being compared to sides like Orlando and and expansion teams that had maybe built a little more slowly and that kind of cemented that no this is a team that can can compete from year one and then obviously the Red Bulls goal in a lot of ways I mean that was the goal that in a lot of ways cemented MLS Cup final for that season and so those two goals are just so iconic not in terms of just the quality of the goal but also what they represented in the club's direction in their early history and, and it, I think in so many ways embodied the strides Atlanta United was able to make are those two goals uh, in, in 2017 and 2018, he he was a guy. Look, he he'll, he will he's going to have a special place in a lot of our hearts. Not I, yours, I think. No, he's going to have a special place in my heart. Look, <laughs> yeah. he stepped up when you needed him to. He he stepped up in the moments where Joseph goes down to injury. He stepped up in key clutch moments against uh in big moments for the for you know within the season. Um, you know he he was a guy that was known to kind of fill the gap in those situations. Um, outside of that though, I'm not going to you know sing his praises. Yeah, not too much. <laughs> but <laughs> did he score from 40 yards My, in Atlanta against Orlando? So, so what a oh, failure. Yeah. <laughs> failure. Do it at the Benz. Look, I'm, the not, bend, I'm yeah. not, uh, well, everyone knows. I, I don't hate him. I don't, I don't, I didn't want him to leave because right. I think he's hate important. Her. He would have been important depth. I don't think he's worth the money. But let's look at the, 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 the facts uh, around the, the sale itself. Vijalba asked for facts. guarantees oh, that's of playing time this season. This is according to Doug Robertson of the AJC. Because um, he wants to then be able to play for Paraguay. In order to play for Paraguay, he's got to be able to. He's got to have playing time at the club level. Guarantees of playing. There time. is no ah. way that was going to happen, and I think he knew that going in. I think he kind of wishful thinking might have done this. The uh, only guaranteed playing time they would have given him is with the twos. <laughs> like like that, even, that's, even uh, then, it would have been detrimental to him. And I don't think that's that's something. Well, that's not something. Not. That's not something uh, Atlanta United would even consider. Um, it's. It, it, look, it, it is what it is. He, he needed more playing time. He needs to advance his career. This is that was the one way he was going to be able to do it. And Atlanta United wasn't going to wasn't going to be able to give him those guarantees. He just it's clear he doesn't fit the system of Frank DeBoer. I think that um, it's not just. I don't think this just falls on Frank DeBoer. I think this also not even falls on Frank DeBoer. I don't think this is a Frank DeBoer effect, or if you will, it's not something that is limited to Frank DeBoer because again you saw this under Tata Martino too toward the end of his time with Atlanta United Tito was still not getting all that much playing time um he's not good in tight spaces he's 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 a perfect super sub and if you're going to spend that much money on a super sub you might as well sell him yeah absolutely and I think the just history of Atlanta United if you will when they started look this was a club that had players Miguel Almiron uh, Tito Vijalba being two of them that were very good at running at defenders and well, running into space I'll say that Almiron much better at running at defenders but a team that was much more reliant on counterattacking and a team that was much more reliant on you know just beating defenders with speed once that philosophy started to change a little bit, especially once Frank DeBoer got uh, into town and, and controlling how the team was going to line up, 
then TW Jabba easily became surplus to requirements, which which is sad, but at the same time, just a player that ultimately didn't fit into the system, wasn't going to be a player that could sort of, I guess, excel in a possession-oriented offense. Because he's not a guy that's very good on the ball. Him wanting more playing time, I think, it, it, it is. I mean, again, it is what it is. I'm sure that Frank DeBoer would have... Uh, would have loved to keep him. You know, I mean, it's like you, it's a wealth of riches to have a player like that. He's great cover, but in the end, you don't want to go through the season with a player coming off the bench who's not happy when you can get, you know, a, a decent chunk of change for Elena, a guy that's not starting. Yeah. Of course, Elena, you'd love Elena, to keep him. Elena, yeah. Yeah. Elena United could have done a really a, a big disservice to Tito by keeping him and, and forcing him to to stay with Atlanta United. Instead, they're they're, they're doing him a favor. They're moving him to some to a place that he can play. In Paraguay, uh, he's going to like more culturally. Right. In Paraguay, yeah. now he's playing for their national team, so it makes it makes sense for him. I, I was, you know, other than Tito, though, I think the I, I just there was such an. I mean, obviously, from a sentimentality standpoint, as we just discussed, I mean, it's tough to swallow. It's tough pill to swallow for a fan. But I see some. I, I don't understand why this sale in particular has driven people to thinking that the club doesn't have a set direction for this year and are kind of flying by the seat of their pants. I don't understand why this sale in particular, where you're talking about a guy who's not even starting, not even in your starting 11, is the signing that has convinced people that a lot, that the club maybe suddenly don't know what they're doing direction. I have a theory here. We talked about it a little bit on radio, and I wanted to run it by Josh and see what he Okay, did. I'll let you know if it's a good theory. Well, thank you. So, I don't think people are necessarily reacting to Tito being sold as much as you look at maybe some of the other things, like Gressel, for example. If you look at the amount of money Tito was making, I believe it was in the in the seven hundred thousand, you know, ballpark figure there. So look at what Gressel got from Washington. Or I mean Washington. From DC, yeah. From D C United. Yeah. <laughs> About, you know, seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Or a little, little more, a little less. So I think what some people may be thinking here is that, well, if you're going to sell Gressel and then sell Tito, couldn't you have just sold Tito and given Gressel Tito's money? The problem is you got to look at the overall number you're going to be giving that's Gressel. A fair point. And I, I think that I think that the the number that we're all fixated on is that seven hundred thousand. It's not that's not the number. That's the number they agreed to. That's not the number that Gressel started out with. That's not the that's not the number that Gressel wanted from Atlanta United. That's the number that DC United agreed to. No, that's I understand probably, what you're saying. That's probably the last offer he got. But could, would let's say if negotiations had Sorry, gone the to, best the best right. offer he got. But if Atlanta would have offered him, say he would have given Atlanta a number, and if Atlanta would have offered him the same number that he ended up with with DC, does he take it? I, maybe I I don't I don't know it, it depends on how how much they value Gressel because look as much as we love Gressel I think he's easily replaceable but much more of a fit Same into the system Tito. than Tito was though that's what I'm saying much more of a fit a much younger player quite frankly a player that was very important to Joseph Martinez in terms of the uh, the assists and the the percentage of assists that Joseph was getting from Gressel I'm just saying you look at the money and how it ended up and. To Josh's sort of, you know, not your point, but what you but were that, saying about people I, looking I get what at you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, but I think it's just I think weird because the money assuming, was there. You're also assuming this is all happening within the span of like a, a couple a couple days. We've oh, known, we've known about we've known about all this since like what October. 
that there was rumors that there was talks about these players getting moved, at least Gressel. Yeah. Right. So, but not, just, this stuff didn't happen in, in a matter of a couple of days. This, they could have had, LA United could have known that they were going to, they were going to trade Gressel for, for, for a few months now. I think and Gressel, anything. I they think, were hoping for maybe a last ditch, whatever. And they were just, because they've been obviously been planning for, maybe. to move Gressel for a while. Tito might have been more of a abrupt thing. It I been think a it's the opposite of it. that. I think it's the opposite of that. I think considering, especially considering Gressel came in and asked for a trade, I think that, uh, I mean, they knew it was a possibility, obviously. Signing, uh, particularly when you go and sign a Brooks Lennon, but I think they knew they thought it was more a possibility he would leave after this season. I don't think they ex- necessarily expected him to come in and demand a trade, but I do think the Tito one is. I mean, obviously, as far as rumblings uh, on Twitter and whatnot, we haven't heard much, but he's somebody that I think a lot of people logically made sense he would leave at the end of last season. Um, so for me, kinda, I feel kinda go, like which kind of goes to your point. Like, why are people upset when we knew this is probably going to happen? Yeah. So and and it makes sense. So I mean, but I think that raises the larger question, right? Is I, and again, I I I don't want to entertain too much the thought that Atlanta and I don't know what they're doing. I think they clearly know what they are doing. The question is, will it work? Because it is a quite a bold move to within one month sell off three of your most iconic players, two of who are in the starting eleven. Uh, one of whom in Julian Gressel was your kind of tactical cheat code in the past when mm. things weren't going the way you wanted. He, he Stick would him just, anywhere. Yeah, put him out wide, or you know, and 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 he's able to provide for Joseph Martinez. So th- th- this 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 month has been. I mean, it, this is a very confident front office uh, to 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 think that we can do this and not but miss. They're, a they're beat. also. I, I don't know that they're doing this on because they want to. It, it's not. They're not in a position where they can really. Uh, that they're doing this on purpose. I mean, yeah. you look at Tito, he wants more playing time. I think it's natural for Tito, Tito to want for sure. that. But look, at Atlanta United as Frank DeBoer, I'm not going to guarantee you that. You you you're not you're not you weren't starting at any point in 2019. So why would I give you starting no, minutes I, now? You got to earn that nonsense. And that's why I think Tito is the you, one you that kind of makes more sense in terms like they don't have to, that's not a huge piece right, you have but to replace. Look at the whole picture. You look at that, that's not really anything Atlanta has any control over. He, he's not he's not starting quality for Atlanta United right now. Um, he wants to be start a starter. He it's just not going to happen. That's not a good fit. Um, and look, good for Tito. He needs a he needs he needs a he needs a, like a fresh start. That's that's good for Tito. Um, you look at Gressel. Gressel that also kind of a a, a victim of of timing and the new CBA and whatever number Gressel had in his mind for Atlanta United. Um, and Atlanta United valuing him, probably valuing valuing him lower than. Uh, what Gressel thought he was valued at, especially after what we know about Emerson Hindman. Um, LGP, like all that stuff is is kind of, as soon as that stuff pops into uh, into Atlanta United's mind, as soon as those, those those options are presented to Atlanta United, yeah, LGP gets sold where he's going to make more money, which is exactly what LGP wanted. Gressel ultimately, after wanting to stay with Atlanta and trying to make that work, um, asked for a trade. Uh, Nagby, we knew was going to leave. We knew we were going to leave. Like none of this should be a surprise. I'm not trying to downplay the the, the shock factor of it all because it is kind of shocking to lose four key pieces. Well, it's four more pieces, roster turnover than we three key pieces. And and I'll, I'll as much as I I don't value Tito as highly as most of you, I still think he's an important piece for Atlanta United. Again, I wanted him to be more to use more off the bench. Yeah, but I, and I just think you know obviously we expected roster turnover. Uh, I mean, especially, you know, there were so many players that didn't fit what Frank DeBoer wanted to do last year. And we've talked about this a lot, Eric, that, you know, with the time that he came in to the the little time that you had before preseason last year, there just wasn't, 
it, it, the players that he maybe want for his system and the players you end up acquiring last season maybe wasn't the greatest fit. Now you're more in sync with the front office and Frank DeBoer. So in that sense, we expected player turnover, but I don't think I expected quite this much uh, in terms of, I mean, you're looking at, I think it's like 15 players that have left, a bunch of starters. So I, I, I don't think... I mean, it's definitely a gone of, to a one bunch extreme. Of, a bunch of see the only starters I think of is Gressel, Nagby, and and LGP. I know it's well when you start eleven players, that's a big was. chunk that's of a lot. your starters. So, but that timeout that was always a backup to whoever you were going to bring no, I, in this year. But so I, it's it, call him call him a starter, but he's not your starter in twenty twenty. Whoever it is, no, your left back. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Whoever yeah, that yeah, was yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, two thousand nineteen, yeah. whatever you want to put there. Brexit. But it's, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's not your starter in 2020, yeah. so you knew you were going to have to. That's not a loss. You just you knew you're going to have to come back yeah. and, and take a look. But at don't that you think anyway? So your 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 most influential defender in Perez, your most influential player. Hold on, I hold think, on, hold on. Stop, stop right there. I think he had been supplanted by Miles as most. Maybe so. Okay. I also fair. think LGP is pretty replaceable. No, so do I. But I'm just okay. saying that for the club to say and they've already done that, so that cancels each other out. And I think that the 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 thing with Mesa shows there's a clear plan. But I think it's still a bold move for the club to say, all right, we're going to get rid of these guys that are very good quality players, and we're confident that we can replace them with other guys who are going to step in that are of equal quality and are able to perform right away as you're going into CCL. You make a great point right there in terms of like. Okay, the I, and I don't think even because I, I feel like I'm probably the most cynical out of all of us right mm. now in terms of what they're doing right now. So I'll say like this: Yes, they have a plan. They're not dumb. Obviously, Darren Eels, Bocanegra, they have run a championship level club yeah. for a few years now, so they know what they're doing. That being said, plans don't always work yeah, out. No so doubt. That's why I agree with what you're saying. Very bold strategy to just be shipping off Let's all see these if it players. Works out for him, Cotton. It is That's interesting exactly, because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen with you know Viasanti or and anyone else you try to bring in or whoever they're rumored with. You just don't know, especially with these South American teams. That's the discussion that we need to be having, and that's why our podcast is the best. Well, don't think that 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 Frank DeBoer is not also think about it. He said to, he told Doug Robertson today, every penny has to turn around. Agents want more money, certainly. Or we are really focused on a player, and he goes in a different direction. We have to go to Plan B, and it's one or two more weeks. Everyone acts like they don't have a plan, but they clearly do. No, and that's why I, you know, and we talked about this before. You know, it's it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole of do Atlanta United know what they're doing? Yes, they know what they're doing. The question is, is it going to work? And that's the discussion that we need to be having. Are these bold moves going to pay off? But I just don't understand why people think that we would actually go into the season with four center midfielders. And not and not by a starting quality center mid when there's when when this front office has clearly proven that they have a plan in place to build a roster they built one from scratch so you're telling me that they're you know if you look at the roster yes today on January 29th which by the way the South American window doesn't close till I think February 17th or something like that so there's plenty of time but yeah if you look at the roster right now you'd be a little bit uneasy there's there's a you know you you've got big hole in the middle at center midfield I think your team lacks balance. You could use a little more depth across the pitch. But then you look at it, and you're like, man, you lost all these guys. You still have a darn good back four with Mesa, who, from everything that we've been able to see, is might be a better pure defender than LGP was. Obviously, Miles Robinson. Franco Escobar is, to me, an excellent, excellent right back, particularly at this level, uh, and at the MLS level. And then you've got an elite front three in Barco, PT, and Joseph. So... The, the roster is not as far away as people are keep saying it is. Yes, there's been tons of turnover, and it's super 
uh, distracting and unsettling to see all these guys leave. But the fact that Pires goes and you replace him with a like-for-like replacement instantaneously, or the fact that Julian Gressel goes and you already had a contingency plan in place uh, with a Brooks Lennon, I don't understand. I don't understand why people think the roster right now is the way it's going to look in a few weeks' time. And just look at who you've been linked with. You've been you've been linked with you've been linked with a starting left back today that we've talked in about in, in recent weeks. Uh, Villasanti was not the link today. I assume we're going to talk about Rosetto, the Brazilian, who slides can slide right into that center midfield spot we just talked about. So the club know what they're doing. They have to be a very obvious and clear direction. Let's discuss whether this is going to work or not, not whether they understand where they're going. So you don't think so at all? Time out, time out. Let, let's talk about the let's talk about the uh, left back Santiago out of okay. out of Paraguay, out of Cerro Porteño. Um, we saw the the links uh, on social media talking about how the, the deal was close. Um, and this all started a few weeks ago with him, right? Something mm-hmm. something that that it looks like it, it was going to happen. Mundo Cero, I think is, and I think it's a something that covers Cerro Porteño, uh, that Santiago Arismendia uh, is coming to Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. Um, something about uh, that he would join the team after the pre-Olympics that they're currently in. Rob Ushery, uh, despite very strong on Twitter, despite very strong reports out of Paraguay linking Arismendia to Atlanta, every indication I'm getting stateside is that there is a no deal in place, mm-hmm. nor is one close. So take this with a grain of salt for now. So is he coming? Who knows. Well, and I think you talk about the the plan or whatever. You know, are you sh- like, are you? I agree, there is a plan. But are you a hundred percent sure that the plan has always stayed the same? It looks like because of certain no, things. No, it clearly hasn't well, based on what Frank DeBoer just like, said. Well, you mentioned it about Julian Gressel too. It's like the plan obviously has to change because you don't know a lot of the time yeah. we're dealing with these negotiations, but. Is it something where like parts of the plan have changed, or have they been sure. like fully like you know having to readjust here? Like you said earlier with Julian Gressel, they might not have been expecting him to come in and demand a trade, so they didn't really know. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think definitely they didn't plan on losing. Uh Certainly, Pires and Gressel going into the offseason. Obviously, there were the murmurs there with Gressel that he could go, and then in Pires's case, we later learned that he had basically told the club, "If I have a chance." To, to make a little bit more money, I would like to leave, and they and they basically granted him uh, his re- wish when that when that became reality. So certainly some things I think uh, have happened. I think particularly the Gressel, uh, to just just my opinion. I think that's one that maybe you weren't expecting to happen if you're Atlanta United, but it, it, that's pretty much the case with every offseason, right? There to be some things that maybe you don't expect to, uh, to happen, but to me it's yeah, all been I mean, following I mean, a I mean, consistent I mean, direction. You look at the Carmona, Carmona, uh, Carmona situation, that, that was unexpected. I mean, they've been through this before, so it's not... Yeah, and it stinks that it's a player of, as we kind of mentioned earlier, not a ton last week, that's as valuable as Julian Gressel was, but to me I do see a consistent direction this entire offseason. You went out right away, and you righted your wrong of last season of not having depth at right back. You got a Brooks Lennon. Then you went and got an Anton Walks and play in the right or play in the middle. Uh, you re- immediately replaced Pires with a player in Mesa, as I mentioned earlier. And you've been linked with all of these center midfielders already that fit the player profile of exactly what Atlanta United wants in terms of young, exciting South American talent. So, again, I just don't understand. And to me, well, anyways, I don't want to get into that again. But to me, the question is, is this going to work? And when I look at these players, I'm very, very excited, particularly if you get, I guess we'll get into Rossetto here in a moment. That's a player that really excites me in terms of the profile of player he fits. And obviously, as we mentioned, you've got to add bodies through the middle. Yeah, you mentioned get him first. Mentioned already, Elena yeah. United in True. advanced negotiations with Brazilian midfielder Mateus Rossetto. Um, that's coming out of 
uh, from Brazilian journalist Juliano Fusca Lorenz. Again, advanced yeah. negotiations to acquire 23, 23-year-old Mateus Rosetto from Atlético Paranaense. Is that how you say it? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Rosetto, a, a native of Santa Catarina in Brazil, has been with the club since joining its youth side as a teenager. Again, 23 years old. And having seen some of his highlights, because let's be honest, all of us have just seen the highlights. No, I watch uh, that <laughs> club every week that I can't pronounce. Yeah, uh, of course. I watch he, the second level of Brazilian uh, They're first level. They're first oh, they level, first to be level. fair. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's, yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a kid. A thousand pardon. He's a kid that I'm actually, I'd be very excited to see. Um what, what did he look Atlanta. like? I mean, I actually haven't seen any. So it looks like Troy Eggman. I've only seen <laughs> he, he data. Look, he, and he, uh, he, he seems to drift. Like to, he seems to drift to the left side a little bit. Um, oh, you meant how he looked on the looks, field? He looks. He's he's a cat. He's a he's. <laughs> look, if you want to like the like for a placement for Tito and what he does on the field, he can bang him from outside the box. Uh huh. But being um, Brazilian, probably has a little bit more close control than Tito did. Yeah, I, just I, based I, on I, their style. Based on what I see, I, I didn't watch too much. I watched a little bit enough to get a good idea as to what he was. Yeah. Um, you know he likes to push forward. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get the sense that he was a defensive midfielder, um, which I, for whatever reason, I feel like I saw somewhere that he was more defensive minded. Maybe it was on Slack or no something. No Brazilian player is an actual defensive midfielder. They exist. They just don't play that. It, it it felt like he would fit right in with what uh, what they had going on with with Miguel Almiron. Not the same player in any way, but he would fit in kind of in that same sort of drifting type of role. That Miguel was in. I mean, wasn't even like a like a Lucas Mora, for example, like technically defensive midfielder. But none of these Brazilian players know well, how I mean, to sit well, back. You also, I, I don't know why I keep thinking about why why I thought about that. And that might be just me having misread something. Uh, but it, he he certainly with Atlanta United wouldn't be that. He'd be an attacking midfielder for sure. Uh, but I I could very well I could very easily see him linking up well with Barco, um, if not Barco, hopefully with Pity. And I could see him serve, giving a lot of service to uh, to to Joseph Martinez as well. He, he just seemed like that kind of player that can kind of do it all. One thing that jumped out with me, just and again, we're just looking at you know we're looking at YouTube compilations. I, I like to look at the, the some of the statistics. Look, and, Tito Vijalba's compilation on YouTube, the first video that that pops up is amazing. Oh, yeah, of course. I thought, I thought is that guy amazing. I, yeah. and, and that's why Kudos you don't want to the editor. You don't want to. That's not a joke. That's not me being being, being an a hole. It's amazing. And that's why sometimes reading in just a highlight video will flatter a player that maybe tries crazy that was stuff. Josh Bagrianski, not. Not Eric Cantona. <laughs> 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 With Rossetto, I think one of the uh, numbers that jumped out at me was he was giving you between 85 and 90% with his pass completions, uh, every pretty much on a consistent basis, which is in a lot of ways a mirror image of what Nagby did in terms of being a connecting midfielder. That And we talk, I feel like we talk about this every week. Uh, that, that's, that can, it's, that's what's missing that can from the carry the right ball now, yeah. out of defense and bring it into the attack. That's exactly and then, what Frank DeMore wants to, an, that kind exactly, of efficiency with passing In an efficient around. way. Mm-hmm. And then it excites me in the sense that you know he does have these maybe attacking qualities that Nagby didn't have, where he can also bang in a few goals or take some long shots in the final third. So if you were going to somehow upgrade from Nagby, and I can't say if it's this guy, but this is the type of profile you would want, a guy that gives you the same thing Nagby did in terms of completing passes, and connecting defense to attack, but 
he has something that maybe Nagby didn't, which is that attacking flair and ability to be decisive and effective in the well, final third. Well, the crazy third. thing about Nagby in that regard is earlier in his career, like when he's playing in Portland and stuff, you saw it way more. It was almost like Frank DeBoer. I don't was, think he liked it. Though. Well, and they and, maybe be, not, and they were also but, playing him as a ten. They were playing him as an inverted yeah, course, winger. They were I'm, asking him to course. be a playmaking type and be in and around the box. But it's almost than, like you look at a player like Nagby who was asked to do a certain role with Atlanta United that didn't require him to throw forward as much. It's almost like. I don't know, like like a Brazilian, young Brazilian player like this might just have more gumption isn't the right word, but something like where just, just like I think you hit it, that flair, that desire to, you know, score a golasso, that that sort of just little well, cheekiness that you see from from players from certain places. Well, look, with a player like like Rosetta with, with him in the lineup, if you're looking to start uh, Emerson Hyman. All of a sudden, you're not asking. Uh, well, you're doing asking him to do more Nagby things and and do less of the kind of everything in the middle of the field type of deal. Because look, Nagby isn't going to go as full. It wasn't going to be as attacking as as Rosetto would be. And I, and here's the other thing. I think that this is. I think clearly, if they're going after Rosetto, I think Via Santi's off the table at this point. Most likely, yeah. That seems like a lot of money for two center mids. I mean, they can't both start yeah. most likely. So yeah, yeah. I I, I would I would be. I'd be shocked if, if you hear anything else with Atlanta United and, and Atlanta or Atlanta United and Biasanti. Assuming Rosetto, if, if this yeah. is if these if these are advanced negotiations, Agreed. but is Rosetto um, also sort of a move that you're making preliminarily, if that's a word? No, he's the, back, he's the well, backup no, plan. Saying, if you were originally going out for Biasanti, maybe a sale of Ezekiel Barco that could be coming down the road. And that's an interesting one to speculate. Is this summer? Yeah, that might be a discussion that we're having. That that maybe a Barco player um, is is maybe goes. But I mean, can you imagine the tide of the team, like how it is right now, with everybody, you know, thinking that you know, panicking and whatnot. Like, fans well, everyone, and stuff? the thing is, everyone already expects it, so I shouldn't be a surprise. You expect you're saying every like it, like your think, average Atlanta United fan expects Barco to be sold this summer. I think the knowledgeable one does. I don't think you expect. I think but, most but of you the know people, there's going to be. I think most of the people that are that you. I don't expect I him to be sold. Most this of the people you don't no. If he does well in in uh, in uh, what is the Olympics? Does well in the Olympics. Does well for Atlanta United. You don't expect him to get sold in, in the middle of the summer. Not unless it's for a lot of money. Yeah, I was well, say, we're not Atlanta talking about United you know, a couple bucks. Uh, not unless I mean, if someone wants to come in with you already, you already 35, know the, 40 million, you, you already know you the price tag. Yeah. Well, but that price tag should go up if he. You, uh, you just think he's not going to play. Well, you know oh. what I think. I think Barco's worth five hundred million <laughs> at minimum. Well, I mean, he still has a lot. That's just my opinion. He still has a lot to prove. But assuming everything goes well, which you, I mean, it's safe to assume. Look, injuries happen, but you can't. You don't. You don't expect them. Um, assuming everything goes well, he's going to show out in the Olympics. He's yeah. going to show off for Atlanta United. He's going to keep playing the way he plays. He's going to hopefully put up good numbers. If we're talking about Atlanta United being successful. Uh, and if not, then yeah, he's going to be here all year. But either way, I, I, I think that I think that he's going to be good enough to where he's going to get a lot of offers. It's just my personal opinion. I think Atlanta United will try their best to keep him, and I think they'll succeed. However, again, it's clear that they are aware that an offer might come and they can't refuse, and that's why you're being linked with these types of players uh, that aren't maybe don't just fit into the Nagby type, but also offer that attacking flair. Because you realize, obviously, Nagby is gone. But if you lose a Barco as well, you need someone else in the lineup to provide that. And 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 Rosetto could be look, part of that. I'm kind of hoping this is a replacement for Pity. <laughs> so so now Tito's gone. So you moved on to PT. <laughs> look, classic. Eric. I'm gonna say I would love to see the two. All, honestly, all three of them, if they can connect and combine and, yeah. and do all that stuff, um, I'd love to see that. See, it also, I, that's also the means, plan. It also means 
because I think at that point, if you try to get uh, Rosetto, assuming he's here, Barco, Pity, and Joseph all in the, in, the, in the same starting eleven, that means you're playing essentially without a not without a CDM, but you got Heinemann or you're you're you've got a nine hundred thousand dollar bench player. And that's a big part of this too. I mean, when we talk about the team not having a lot of balance, I don't know that Rosetto changes that a little bit. But like you said, Eric, he's not. Lorentowitz is the, your only kind of because if, if 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 Rosetto is if if you start all four of those guys, that's a big F because we saw the pity at times didn't start. But if you saw all four all four of the 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 main attacking guys, including Rosetto, you either make a decision about Heinemann not starting or playing as much as as we think he should be playing, considering how much he's making. Um, or you are, and you've got no CDM. Yeah, and I, and I think it'll be matchup based in a lot of ways, right? Sure. If you're playing a more physical uh, center mid, uh, you know, center midfield on the other side, like maybe a Philadelphia or something like that, then maybe Heinemann and Rossetto, you know, maybe you prefer to go with a Rometty, Laurentowitz, uh, and then one of those two. I mean, unless Miles Robinson wants to be like Superman. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has always, been before. That's always, that's always an option. He has been before. And then, of course, one thing we're uh, not mentioning. Miles, we're going to need you to hit the Superman button tonight. Is if <laughs> <laughs> we had the need of that a few times. <laughs> Then the other big part of this is if you go back to that three-back system, then you're really only playing two center midfielders, and then it becomes a little bit different. But the big thing for me is you've got, to me, only one player that's a reliable six in Jeff Lorenowitz. To be fair, I think Fernando Mesa is that player too, but you, it, he's going to play center back, right? right? So uh, I, I don't know. That's the one thing this team is lacking is you, you just need those players to both – Protect against the counterattack when you have a front three like Barco, P.T. Joseph that doesn't want to really come back and defend, and why should they? Uh, and you also have a, a pretty good back four, but you need the balance in between or you're just going to get hit on the counter all the time yep. and basically hoping to win games 4-3, 4-2 all the time. And that's not a recipe for success. Unless you hold on to the ball 80-90%. Right, unless we have 90% possession. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's part of what Frank DeBoer wants uh, is, is, you know, when you look at these, the type of center mids that we've been linked with, and I think one of the big tactical differences between DeBoer and Tata Martino is how box-to-box he wants all of his center mids to go, right? Under Tata Martino, it seemed like there was a clear, you had Jeff at six, you, you know, you would go with a Rometty or the Nagby the next season at eight, and then you had Almiron kind of as a 10. DeBoer kind of wants all of his center mids to go box-to-box, which is extremely aggressive if you lose the ball and don't have anyone back to cover, but at the same time, if you're able to possess efficiently and effectively, then you kind of nullify the possibility of the counterattack all the time. So again, it's Listen, Frank DeBoer's system. What you don't know is that Meza is that good. And the combination <laughs> so. of Meza and Miles Robinson Superman button. <laughs> it doesn't you're matter good, good if there go, are man. teams just running at us. You're good to you go. Know, it doesn't matter. You're good to go. I mean, it'd and, be fun to see. It'd be like a And hey, that's why you want You want exciting soccer. I think you're (laughs) totally right. And I think that's why, in a lot of ways, DeBoer maybe values a Miles Robinson more than a Pires is because I think Pires was a guy that maybe would over-press forward. It was overly aggressive, leave space in behind. Miles Robinson is a player we see run guys down time and time again, covering when you try to go over the top or play a through ball. So he's a perfect fit for a team that maybe gets caught forward from time to time in attack. Yeah, I liked that segment better when we were speculating about players. It reminded me of our old roots. You know, we're just randomly throwing out random speculation. Well, we should just bring up every week that Eric wanted Freddie Adu to be a designated player. 
I still want Akin Fenwa, okay? <laughs> Time out. I, I, he didn't say it. wasn't a designated player. Said, it was a, Look, it was a good said, argument. break the bank on Freddie Adu. I had a great argument <laughs> on why Atlanta United should sign Freddie Adu. Do I need to go over this again? No, I think we should probably avoid... Uh, because if we're talking about... We should spare the look, audience. Because if you, if you turn him into something, all of a sudden you look like geniuses. And, Can you, you just, and you've re- resurrected Freddie Adu from the dead. See, just, I just want to get back to the days when we were like... The medium or like the the middleman between like Akin Fenwa and whoever the wing place was that we were like trying to get him all he can eat wings and if he can't sign for Atlanta United. Mouse the South front office for Atlanta United. Oh <laughs> man, we made those decisions. We literally Whew. were trying to get a player to come to Atlanta based on a chicken wing place offering him all you can eat wings. Yeah, well, uh, almost worked. Sounds good. Almost. Uh, worked. I know Akin Fenwa was like responding to the tweets. Like I think he was down. That, right. would, that would work on me. Instead, we should, ended up with Kenwin Jones. Should we get? <laughs> should we give the Atlanta United fans that are feeling down about the losses to the roster? Should we give them some kind of hope? Can we talk Absolutely. about the dog? Are you? Are you? Well, yeah. that's coming. I up. have never been so infuriated by a cute puppy. By the way, I was like, get this. Uh, Adorable puppy, just get it. I usually well, what I about love. about the dude that tweeted the uh, the gif of uh, Jack Black kicking Ron Burgundy's dog off the of bridge? Baxter, of course. Yeah, like, like, dude, it's a dog. Settle down. Nobody wants anybody to I loved kick it. the no, golden I love spike it. dog off the bridge. I've bread. never seen so much. <laughs> Just crapping on a puppy on Twitter. That's usually like an easy thing to put up as a cute dog, <laughs> but not not we're not, not having it. Not if you traded Julian Gressel two hours ago. What I, the I, hell? I did love the Airbud uh, jokes. Oh yeah, there's we no were, rule we that says uh, one injury away from from an Airbud situation. And I thought also, that was fantastic. The VIP tweet with the dog has to go to our man That's Rob right. Usry and his lazy uh, Photoshop skills. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always Rob a great follow. Hey, there's no rule that says a dog uh, can't make Tam and play soccer. You know, there's no rule so. <laughs> it's technically not written into the CBA. It's technically on the CBA. <laughs> well, there's the missing link right there. Air button, the Superman button. Okay, but is the dog a worthy Nagby replacement? That's the question. Well, he's a hustler. He goes box to box. Oh, he has yeah. some positional discipline issues. He gets pulled wide a little, a little bit like Eric Rometty. Gets pulled wide sometimes maybe when he said, that's not nice. Yeah, all the flags uh, would know. have to go away in the supporter section if we were playing a dog. <laughs> gets, gets distracted way too that's easily. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, all those flags would have to be put down. <laughs> Never gets called ball watching though. He's always he he's always on the hunt. He does trying trying to uh, trying hey. to dispossess his ATL opponent. Any, anywhere on the pitch, that dog will fetch it down. Um, we were about to talk about right, something so, else. Yeah. We got sidetracked. <laughs> you did it. I didn't it was it. my fault. All right, so we're gonna give you a little bit of hope. We got a puppy uh, as a club, <laughs> and uh, Atlanta United facing off against Philadelphia Union wins four nothing um, in a meaningless game. Against the uh, Philadelphia Union's trainers. And still gives you a little bit of hope. You got uh, goals from Pity. You got a goal from Joseph Martinez. And I can't remember who the other one And beat was. Red Bull. So this is 2-0 and in the preseason. Matter. Yeah, it really it's, doesn't matter. It was interesting that Lane United's always good for a couple lopsided victories. Every single preseason. They're literally like playing on a- like basically the equivalent of a much nicer like behind the YMCA field. Yeah, it, that's it, what it looks like. Yeah, got It's bleachers. not that it, look, it, it ultimately <laughs> the, the 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 ultimate goal for these things is just to get get yeah, minutes. Get sharp. get get uh get to plan. Um if you can score goals great, but ultimately that's uh, you just want everyone to get you know be safe and be healthy afterwards. No one to get hurt. Um the fact that you saw goals, two goals from Pity, uh the fact that you saw one from Joseph Martinez, it's great. It's it's 
It's motivating. It's well, you're really selling this, Eric. It's just it means nothing. Like it, it means wow. absolutely nothing. Way to nothing. give the fans hope, Eric. <laughs> then end the statement with it means nothing. Just the little bit of hope that I can give you is that it was a four nothing win over the Philadelphia <laughs> Union, whatever, which means nothing. <laughs> which means ultimately uh, nothing. But look, if they did get a, a good run out, if they did get, if they, Frank DeBoer did get a better idea as to what uh, what you need to tweak, um, what you can work on, uh, who fits where better than the other you know stuff like that um you get to see brooks lennon for the first time mulraney you get to see for the well not for the first time but well more or less than whatever I mean, you, yeah. for the first couple of times um you get to see what they got how they fit you you start kind of putting the pieces exactly where they belong start you know tweaking things um this is where that stuff happens so that hopefully once you get into uh, ccl uh, you're not uh we're not having a repeat of 2019 ccl that's the one worry right now right is well, that's what everyone's freaking that out about. Totally look, I, I'm, 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 look, as much as I, I don't think you know Atlanta is going to fall flat in their face. I think they're going to have a similar result as last year. Particularly, maybe, maybe, maybe first not, leg, and maybe not in the first leg, but I think they'll get to the second, le- second round, and I think so too. But I, they I think we could see almost a mirror image in that um, Atagua tie, where particularly the first leg were, would be similar to Arellano last year, where you go it there. Can't be, it can't be worse than that. It might be. Yeah, you're right. I think I'm going to clip this one so it, uh, if it is worse yeah. than that, we've got it. <laughs> well, actually, to be fair, that Arediano was bad because of you yeah, <laughs> proclaiming right, that. Right, yeah, that was right. when you started right. screwing up our club. You do bring up that? some interesting points here, though, like in terms of the CCL and, and just the chemistry of this team. Like, it feels like unless they can get it going a lot faster than they did last year. CCL is going to be a wash again. Yeah, I, it's, it's totally possible. It just depends. It depends because I mean, look, last year at least the first round it was a fluke. That loss is a fluke. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, it's uh, always dangerous because going you on saw the road. you saw yeah, exactly. Well, you were yeah. outplayed though. You made a lot of dumb mistakes. Yeah, well, yeah. And George Bella mm-hmm. wasn't ready. No, I agree. There was a lot of contextual. You, you, so, had, you had like four days off since MLS. You Cup, don't I think, yeah, it's not. It's not, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get. I don't. I can't imagine a situation where you're 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 repeating the same kind of dumb sure. mistakes from LGP, especially from a fatigue. And yeah, you're right. But, but I would say, you know, what? on top of that, you've got players that 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 did it, that witnessed it, that were part of it. Yeah, and you think they're going to let that well, happen? Not again? that many anymore. <laughs> True, but no, I I think. Uh, you're right. I don't think you'll see the weary Atlanta United that you saw in that first leg. Plus, you've CCL also last year. Sorry, you've also Go got ahead. players in Mesa. You assume that let's assume Rosetto comes in. You've got players in Barco and Pity who know they got to play well. You got new players in the, on the squad that are looking to prove themselves. You've got, um, I mean, this is hopeful thinking, but you got new new players on the squad that want to prove themselves. You've got old players in the squad that uh, want to make sure that they're still loved by yeah. the fans and all that stuff, and, and playing well for their for their own career progression so it's i can't i i can't fathom that it can't, I can't be that bad yeah you're right you, you you've 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 brought me over to the to your side on this one but i i, I do think because remember maybe, those goals it was the one the one oh my god passed back header whatever it was from lgp and then george bello getting caught with his pants down or whatever that it was game, that game was a disaster but i do think you know if i think you could see maybe a Land United that really struggles uh, to look dangerous because of the new additions to the lineup, and you might see something similar to what we saw at the beginning of the MLS season last year, where you have a lot of the ball, but you're not really creating anything. That's you more have players likely, that are yeah. still getting used to playing with one another, and that's why I worry about that first leg. You're right; you're not going to give up. What was it? Three, I think three it was goals. Four, it was four nothing. Jesus, yeah. was it? No, no, no. It was three like nothing. it was three one because Gressel scored a deflected. Uh, 
Yes, and then, yeah, and, and then and then we want to one, and then we want to have four nothing, right? But I could see maybe could well, yeah. maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you struggle to create and and then you know uh, Matago gets one on the counterattack or something like that, and maybe you come home trailing again in the second leg. Although you you bring up some good points, Eric. It's hard to imagine you'll see that sloppy a performance in in terms of mistake fatigue, especially after you've done it. Once. But I could see a lack of sharpness and lack of chemistry with so many. New I'm not bodies saying in the I'm lineup. not saying it'll be perfect. I'm yeah. just saying I I. I can't believe that you're going to have the same repeat kind of performance yeah, where right. you have dumb mistakes. Yeah, you're right. Dumb, dumb. Like not that. It's many. not fresh. It's not like oh, it's a brand new season and I'm rusty. No, this is like I haven't played in 30 years type of mistakes. <laughs> these are these are I had a brain fart type yeah. of mistakes. These aren't. Yeah. Professional athletes shouldn't be making. And these we went through all the contextual stuff. You know, last year when you played those games, Miguel Almiron it was your first games without him. You're dealing with a new manager. You had that really really short. Uh, off season uh, with before the MLS fixed the schedule last year, so there were a lot of reasons that that happened. No, um, and we'll see how they handle it this year. But I, I just don't want to see uh, the teams really struggling for sharpness so much that it affects. Uh, the result in the first leg against a team that's clearly better than player to player. Ultimately, I don't think Motagua is the issue. It's the yeah. Mexican club you're yeah. going to be facing yeah, yeah, yeah. in the next round. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the new kit. Before we do that, just want to remind you, new sponsor, Lucid FC. Lucid FC, distinctively modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta. Uh, sponsor of the podcast, reflects a deeply British American heritage design approach uh, to their clothing, promotes freedom of fashion, gender and role the brand's iconic logo is immediately recognizable uh lucid fc pants outerwear hats shirts hoodies uh if you can see we'll take a picture before we wrap up the podcast throw it up on instagram i'm jealous of uh, eric's uh, sweatpant game here sweatpants so. are awesome yeah. i've got a nice little sweater uh Sweatshirt? Is it sweatshirt? Shirt. Is it? And then I, look, I just sweaters, call them a sweater. Sweaters are I call everything a sweater. You're, you're 95 years Anyways, old. Anyways, I love nice the cardigan. I love, nice the, card. I love the flat bill hat. They've got a red and black one that I like because of obviously the Atlanta United connection. I'm rocking this. Uh, yeah, I see one. That is a here. nice hat. Ask me what Lucid FC, or ask me what the FC stands for. Uh, I will ask you, like I did early in the podcast, <laughs> what does the FC stand for? Footwear and clothing. A perfect match for football club fans. Uh, check them out, lucidfc.us. Uh, and make sure you follow them on Instagram and Twitter at LucidFC. All right, so we got more leaks when it comes to these kits, and I'm sure we've all seen them by now. Josh, have you seen them? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. This Sam, is this is him? not this is more you boys' wheelhouse. Let me just put it mine. this way: you're not going to find anything. Wait, well, just I mean, you can you can like something. Do you like them or do you not like them? They're okay. I, I just it's just an oh, away you just kit. don't care. It's a certain. I, I, I mean, away kits to me are supposed to be kind of plain. I liked them fine. The arrow things are stitching or what? What are, what are those? Well, you let know? me just put it this way: you're not going to find anything within a template like this at Lucid FC. Everything's oh, original. Everything's great. Oh yeah. Unlike I, Adidas and their MLS kits, who sometimes they just like to go, all right, yeah, we'll, everybody have the same thing, and we'll kind of make some changes. And it and seems there. kind of generic with the away kits for the last couple of years. You're just kind of changing the the non-white color. But then there's that kind of like I I just saying, like that weird use, stitching in the middle. It's like arrows or I something. I don't care about that. It's barely noticeable. I barely noticed them on the King Peach kits. I didn't. I Oh, so you don't care either. I, it's not that I don't care. I like that they use gold. I like the look of it. Mm. I like that it's it's okay. something different. Well, I you like said that. you didn't notice like the little like polygons or whatever I, on the King I Peach kits. I saw kit. them. Yeah, you know that I saw like them, a, but like yeah. when I watched the players play, that's I was like, man, those polygon things are disgusting. But why, uh, why do they put them on? I did hear. I barely noticed them. I have heard that the stitching 
reminds some of toilet paper. All right. And I can't <laughs> I can't get that out of my head now because it does look like quilted toilet paper. At least it's not the Columbus. Have you seen some of the other away kits? No, some of the away kits in general this Hitties. year are and I would say at least ours is aside from the polygon whatever you were at least it looks from a distance it looks normal some of these other kits orlando's, orlando's looks stained looks, it looks like there's yeah. a stain <laughs> it does like on, it, it, it looks like that is not on purpose that somebody like spilled like yeah. grape juice on the out of control it, it does not look good so i love the gold trim on ours i All love right. the logo on the bottom left hand corner to the i believe the authentics the i think it's just the elaine united crest with the with the spike going through it um i just love that they use gold the the, the star above the crest is silver um Look, I, you can be a fan or, or or hate the stripes, but it's Adidas. You're going to see that everywhere. You're going to see that in one way or the other. The three the stripes. Template. Um, get used to it. Like until until Adidas until that contract runs out, just I I, I can't understand why people Any get upset. Any contract, Nike has Everyone, templates just as much as look, Adidas. There's 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 a quadrillion people on Twitter. On Twitter, there's like four people handling MLS accounts. You're obviously going to come up with better stuff than than what Adidas can come up with because Quadrillion. there's more people on Twitter doing this stuff, coming up with ideas. Um, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta promote the brand. The brand is the three stripes for Adidas, and you want to do it throughout MLS. Hopefully, the next contract involving kits is uh, very it's team specific. You, teams can go out and go get their own contracts. Hopefully it's the same with TV deals. Hopefully the money works out in a way that 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 this all can kind of happen organically. But because MLS is MLS, I can't I, I can't back you when you just complain when people complain about the jerseys. Every I mean, year. I having, get why I get why, and I course. sympathize because you would like more creativity in these things. I I mean I don't, ha- the home I, 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 don't I just don't hate it. Well, I don't but, hate it. But I don't you know what you have to do though. Don't buy it. That's the only that's ultimately way things the key. Yeah. Change. Has there yeah, been a like, positive that's problem? People are going to buy it to a single kit release. You just, you, but you there's that, the, first you know. the first the first home you know. kit. I, even that one, I remember people like, oh, it looks like AC Milan. Like, it's <laughs> well, just, duh, yeah, like, what I mean, do you expect? It's just every single. There's I, only so many things you can do with with stripes and red and black. There are at least you know. at least. 10 clubs in the world in terms of professional soccer clubs that have red and black stripes like that. Yeah. Like, I, li- yeah. I, I like You're it. Right. I like it. <laughs> I like that they use gold. Eric likes it. Hopefully, I ne- think it's fine. I, I think, think it's fine I'm, too. I'm curious what the next what what the what next year's home kit will look like. I'm um, sure everyone will complain. For it to fit within the template and still look it as looks, good as I, it does. It looks clean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people complain about the template stuff and that's fine, but for this one, what I'm really curious about is are those three stripes going to be on the home kit? I know they're not well, supposed would, to change. It would, it would probably be a different. It'll probably be a different design next year. Well, no, but I'm saying like I thought that they're putting those on like every kit, like those three stripes on the mm. shoulder. Yeah, for the for for this year, right? Next will year would be something else, right? But I'm saying for so the, the home kit. So the home kit, even though they're not supposed to change two kits in a year because they're adding those three stripes to the shoulder, there's technically no, going no, no, no. to be they're a probably, different. Home it probably kit. won't be. Yeah, sure, but it probably won't be done like that on because they don't they change I, I feel like they change whatever the three stripe thing is for every kit hmm. so you're not going to see the know. three stripes on the shoulder for the home the new home kit next year or the primary kit next year well, I'm, but i'm saying this year what i'm saying i'm talking about for this year's home kit because they're going to change it next year but this year you're getting a different home kit than you got last year because of those three yeah, like stripes are they going to put this, added on the like shoulder. are they requiring basically for marketing that those go on every single kit right. even the ones that aren't new for this season or will they just wait till next year no th- it's what i'm saying is that it's going to be a different form of three stripes on next year's thing 
So in next year's primary. So, so there no, isn't so no gonna, three stripes this year. I'm pretty confident year. that they change it every year. I actually don't even know what we're talking about, so I don't know why. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm confused now. What I'm saying is that they're going to add those three stripes to this year. What I guess kit. you guys don't understand is that every jersey that they've put out within MLS has some for, has had some form of three stripes, whether it's a stripe down the side, the stripes on the shoulder going uh, whatever right, par- right, parallel right, right, right. to the jersey. Was that the case last year as well? Yeah, it was the one over the over the shoulder that went uh, oh, across okay. the shoulder. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it. Okay, gotcha. Um, so this is obviously a different version of that, and when they come out with the home kit next year, it's going to be a different version of three stripes. So there's already that three stripe thing. Okay, there's gosh. always going to be the three stripe thing because that's the Adidas logo. I don't know anything about. They that. they change it from year to year just to have a different aesthetic. And so like, no, the know. next year's so, yeah, kit the, is not going to have a thing like that. But that's right not what shoulder. I'm saying. I'm saying this year's will. But he said they already have no, three stripes. This year's on is already just, it's already made. That they're, they're not changing this year's. But the whole thing was like a it's, it's like an anniversary celebration. That's why they're putting those three stripes on the shoulder on the on the away kits. On the so they're the not doing kits. it on the home kit as well. They only do them every other year, right? But that's not what I'm saying. This is a special this edition. This is the thing. 25th edition or whatever it is. So they only are doing it on the away kit. They're not doing it on the home kit as well. You would have heard about it by now. Well, you say that, but we didn't know about the numbers until I saw a picture from training today that showed me the new numbers. That's only from training. You're actually not even sure if that's on the, if it's on the kits or that's not. That's a good point. That's fair. Good talk. <laughs> I like him. That's all I wanted to say about the, the about great. The <laughs> I like him. Have hope, everybody. Um, no, it doesn't matter. Actually. All right. What else do we need to hit? We're selling we everyone. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. There are no players left. Anything else? It's over. It's all over for United. It's all over. We're just gonna we're just gonna play the USL boys. We're gonna, we're gonna fall year. into the ocean. We just you know, but Boca Negra and Eels have suddenly forgotten how to sign players, and uh, you know it's all over. We're Orlando now. It's done. Man, that is morbid. <laughs> That's just what I'm seeing on Twitter, and what better source than that? I mean, to be fair though, as a thinking about it from the fans' perspective, oh, of course, this off season has sucked. Oh like, my god! Like, I mean, there's there's no other way to say it other than like you've lost. For fan favorites, and in, uh, yeah, and we've <laughs> lost a part of, I mean, basically almost every part now of the identity that was built over uh, the first couple seasons. But that's I, look, that's, I, that's I, how it goes. You I, know? I, I didn't expect the, I didn't expect these guys to retire with Atlanta United one way or the other. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this obviously, is just, obviously, Parky you know, did, but that's a. I mean, getting sure. used getting used to. Uh, Larry, Larry's going to retire next year, so this is how it goes. Especially if you're a big club and, and players are going to want to go other places, and you know if they've earned more money or they can go to a a, a bigger club. Uh, you know, especially if you know for Atlanta United, I think this is kind of what you want, right? I mean, you want to have guys come in for you know two to four years and then move them on and replace them with somebody younger and make a profit on it. That's, yeah, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. yeah, so, but it has been a little, like, I mean, to Sam's I, I, point, it's we, been we, more we, than you expected. Say, you say that, though, but it does, uh, you know, having these players does pull on the emotional heartstrings of, of the fans, including my own. Look, I didn't want to see Gressel leave. No, I, hate, I, I, hate, I hate the idea of watching You wanted to see Tito with, leave, but with DC yeah, United. yeah, but... Uh, I, look, I thought he, he needed a fresh start. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he needed a fresh start. No, and I totally agree. And I totally understand... Yeah, I mean, these are three iconic Atlanta United players that have provided, you know, moments for us. That so many great moments as fans. So I, I totally get that. But you know, at the same time, I think you can take a step back and say the same guys who made it, who who unearthed these players and had us fall in love with them in the first place are the same people who are now looking for their replacements. So patience, do trust. You have, do you have full faith in the front office right now? 
in the in the people oh, it, no. I, in the people making decisions I don't know, man. when it comes to player acquisition. I I do, but I don't know if I have confidence in them to hit with. Every, I don't I don't know that I have the confidence in them to replace these outgoing players with a in every single situation with a player of similar quality. I don't know that the Nagby replacement will be just as good or better than Nagby. Same goes for Julian Gressel. Sure. We'll see with Mesa, you know, and Perez. That's where I worry. Yes, there's a direction. I'm confident it's gonna be a competitive team. You're not gonna run into issues. Uh, you're not gonna run into issues that you would run into with the roster as constructed right now. Well, and you're always more confident about your club going forward if they make the acquisitions before yeah, the departure. Exactly. The fact that for Atlanta United, for this case. The departures are happening first. Yeah, because we can so. sit here and talk about Rossetto, and it sounds great, but that signing has got to work, right? Yeah, they, well, yeah. they I have mean, to make the signing first. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and to be fair, it, whether it's him or Villasanti or somebody else, that signing's got to work. Mesa's got to work. You know, those signings, they, 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 they have to work. Your team's going to be in big trouble. And not just work, but those players have to produce at the same level, if not more than the guys they're replacing. So, yes, I'm. I, there's a direction. I think it's going to be competitive side. I am say this all the time, I don't accept a rebuilding year for Atlanta United. I think you've set standards on your own for yourself, and that's why it's so bold to have so many guys go out the door, because even if you take a half step back from last season, for me, that's not acceptable if you're going to willingly send guys out that you know can produce and have produced for the club. Already. I 100% agree with that sentiment. Yeah. If, if you are doing all of these things, and again, I mentioned this earlier, Letting Tito go, that was one thing because he didn't fit into the, 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 the club's plans or the manager's philosophy. But the numbers match up to where you could have given Gressel that money and you would have had a fan favorite right. back. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You're doing a lot of bold moves, and if they don't pay off early on, if you sputter out of the gates, if you get eliminated early on in the CCL again, then what was all of this for? What, what, it, it was to remake the club, maybe to fit better into what Frank DeBoer wanted I, to do. But I agree with you. No slow starts. No sputtering. You did this to yourself, yeah. so you have to hit the ground running. And if you fall behind the eight ball, then these moves and will you, not have worked. And, like and you had I, that excuse I, last year. You know, that was the excuse last year. Yes, learning you can't the system use that manager. You can't do it you two can't years can't do in a row. it again. What no. I will say is that, this, that, that a lot of these, uh, I'll say Gressel, Nagby, and uh, in a way Tito, are all product of the system, uh, of the MLS system and the salary cap. Oh, I thought you were going to say of the world. bad defending. No, no, no. The salary cap world that MLS lives in, uh, because let's be realistic, you're not, you're not paying every single player you know, $800,000, $900,000. That's not, ha- not going to happen. As much as we talk about potentially using the money you, uh, that, that you were paying Tito to use for Gressel, look, you can't pay everyone that, like, that uh, big money like that because then you're, you're going to, one, you're going to hamstring yourself for the future. You're not going to be able to go out and buy players yeah. that you want to. The reason that they sell these players so they can go get another player like Rosetto for relatively right. cheap and then sell them off later, but you're getting them relatively cheap because he's 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 not a guy that's being looked at at Europe, and you want to develop into that player. Yeah, exactly. You, you bring in a guy like well, you you <laughs> you draft a guy like Gressel in hopes that he turns out great. Say so do the same thing with Miles. Um, you look at Joseph and what he was brought in for, and what you were paying him. He's obviously someone that you do want to keep, so yeah. you do make the the sacrifice. Well, sacrifice. Just bear with me with that word, but sacrifice and. and Paying him more of that pie than than uh, than maybe you want to, but he's worth it. Yeah. What's uh, the old saying though about uh, the devil you know versus the devil you don't? The, the, you know the I mean? devil the, you know the is the is better you're one. Not, you're not. Oh, you're yeah. not <laughs> Franco Escobar could have True. an amazing year, and he could be up for a contract uh, extension next year if he wants the money and he deserves the money. 
sure, maybe you want to give him the money, but maybe the rules of the league just don't allow that and, to happen. And I you think, can't assume that you're just going to give Gressel $700,000 because you have no idea what it does to the salary cap numbers. You have no idea how it affects other positions yeah. of need and, on the team. You and, might want to give him that money, but then that maybe maybe you have no left back. Maybe you have no left back and no right back at that point. Yeah, and, maybe and you have no center it, mid. How much of it maybe getting United. Maybe giving Gressel the money that he wants means – you're stuck with the team that you have going into 2020. I don't think it's the case, but you're not going after big names if you have to give just, some of that money if, to, to, to if Julian Gressel. If you look Gressel. at salary cap structure, if you compare like a Joseph Martinez, a designated player, you can pay whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But then these these guys that are Yeah, but you've already just, got three of them. No, but there's no salary cap risk in that. I but, agree. So the, the, the players that come just kind of like your Pierrezes, like your, the guys who are not quite... I don't want to go pay this guy three, four million, but he deserves to make good money. The kind of upper level TAM guys, those are the guys you have to be most selective with, right? Because, like you said, mm-hmm. Eric, you only have so much of that money to spend. So, if you're going to give a guy seven, eight hundred K, you better hit on it. But at the same time, if, you might not have money to give to somebody else. If you're talking about keeping most of the players, let's say Nagby's out of the picture, LGP, LGP uh, TAM GAM level, TAM, TAM, yeah, TAM money, yeah. Uh, Gressel, same, uh, Hyman, same. Um, Tito, same. I th- I want to say Escobar. I I think so. I, I think Escobar. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, if you see a guy basically making that's o- five right five hundred k. Five. Yeah. You right. can't. You can't. You can't have a a successful future doing that across the entire team. Yeah. You can't buy everyone down and, with game and, and you're going to see player movement from those types of players, right? Because it, it, you can only spend so much money. Uh, it, it, with the allocated with the allocated dollars, so th- those are the types of players. Going to be a lot of player movement because those are the signings more so than the DP signings that you have to hit exactly right if you want to have a complete roster and not just one or two stars and 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 no balance. So, if you had to put a you, you got you got to spend what you got to get what you can get out of the guys you're yeah. paying. A hundred thousand, eighty thousand, yeah. one hundred twenty thousand. Yep. You got to get what you yep. get can out of those guys to be successful in MLS. Yep. That's where the, all the conversation about uh, the salary cap kind of falls on. Is is sure you might have a great starting eleven, but in all of these international tournaments and, and, and U.S. Open Cup, it's the depth that you have on your team. That's where a lot of the the, the money that that we're talking about when it comes to uh, raising the minimum yeah. minimum for for salaries and stuff like that. That's where all that money is going to go into is bringing being able to bring in players that are better than the let's say top tier USL players yeah. that are already that are exactly. on the, the MLS roster right now. But you're, like, if you're going to put a percentage on like this offseason for Atlanta United, what in terms of the movement, what percentage of this was throwing your arms up in the air saying, "Well, we can't do this because of MLS roster rules or whatever" versus remaking the club into a new philosophy. Well, Gressel, I think it's Gressel, more so the latter. But Gressel was the only one. Yeah, I think the yeah, idea kind is of to like, remake well, the we club. We can't really do it. We can't really do. It. I, I disagree, though. I think there's remake the club. Who's yeah. remaking the club? Well, I'm sorry, new direction. That's what, we're not talking about it's remaking the, it's the, the same club. Direc- it's just the philosophy it's and, this, and finding it's players this, that fit into it's that. It's definitely not the same it's direction. This, it is you the just same sold direction. Perez and Julian Gressel. No, it's a new direction. He's and you and you re and you and you replace them with someone that's pretty much like LGP. He's not like LGP at all. He is like LGP. No, he isn't. Go look at his numbers. He's a short pass. He completes short passes. He's dominant in the air, and he's a better one v one defender. They're completely different center backs. And that's more of a center back that Frank. Forget what they do. Exactly. The outcome. Is going to be the same. He's a strong defender. 
Yeah, but he's a different type because sure, he he's fits a different, the he's direction a different, of the club and the way they yeah, want to play Yeah, but you can't just better. say sticking one guy in for another. It's like, well, you had one strong defender, you're bringing in another strong defender. Josh is right. They do different stuff. I'm styles. just saying it's not that they're not replacing them, but I, th- there's clearly a style of play that I think the, the club is trying to go I would towards. say that this is a good chunk Frank DeBoer trying to remake this club into the oh, image gosh, he I, wants. I could not disagree with you more. Because I don't think he's making the decisions on, on any of the four players that that have left. Well, then you would say outside that, of maybe Tito. If well, he so wanted then Julian Gressel on the team next year, I think Gressel would be on the team next year. So this is all a surprise I, then to you. I don't think it's not a surprise well, because we then we now is not a new direction. We, we have known if the club if the club had Gressel, planned for this because we heard about Gressel, Tito, and LGP right. moving in October. Right, so the club was planning to go in a, in a new direction because they knew they might lose yeah, some of their important players. A few it's, months ago doesn't mean it's, it's not. It a doesn't new necessarily direction. have to be a new direction. It might be a different way to get to the, wherever you're going, but it's not a well, new whatever. direction. Semantics, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say they're trying to overhaul in terms of what they are. They still want to be a successful. But you club. want to bring still players going after the young. Better. But I just think maybe a little. Yeah, every, I, I don't. I don't see every. They still want to play exciting soccer. Sure, they still want to play attacking soccer sure. yeah, for yeah, the yeah. most part. You're still uh, buying it's young, not a huge deviation, buying right. young and, and selling it as at, at at high value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's that different from any from any other year that Lane United's been in existence? Well, I, because I, the style of what you're going to play is Frank DeBoer has always wanted it to be more yeah, possession based. I, I don't mean to say it's an overhaul of the club's philosophy. I just think the the product they put on the field is slightly different, and that the, you see a slightly different type of player profile that the club is going for right now. That's all I think. You're right, Eric. Like you look, you, you, it's not like you're not going after young South American players anymore. It's not like you're going after a flair attacking type players. But it's the type of players and where they fit into a certain. And I just think you have to accept if you're going to lose guys that you've had for the last two or three years, you might not be able to find a complete right. like for like replacement in the first place. So, uh, to to me, this is a new direction. You're right, Eric. It's not like you're going south instead of north, but the way you're getting. Uh, the way you're getting to your final destination, I think it's I think, it's a, I think it's a new look to the same direction you're going in. That's fair, too. It's also semantics. What do yeah, we that, mean by direction? That's a, that's a fair way to see. To I think it. direction. I'm thinking. Okay, well now we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we are making a point to have 90 percent possession and stuff yeah. like that. I don't see that happening. And at I all. think some people are maybe going too far in that right. direction, mm-hmm. thinking the idea is to overhaul. Just because things. just because Julian Gressel's no we longer on the much team. Agree. Just because Julian Gressel's no longer on the team doesn't mean that Joseph isn't gonna get any kind of service from the from the, from sure. the right side. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. still gonna get crosses. He's still gonna find a way to get aerial goals. He's still gonna get the same kind of through balls he gets years past like the, t- the same stuff we're gonna see it's just gonna be different people doing uh make going through the motions but i think though don't you think it was a slightly different way of doing it because it is different people and you have you have different people but they're effectively going to do this, be doing the same things same positions but i don't think they're necessarily doing they'll the be same expected thing. to they'll do able... the same things but will they do the same things hmm. because of the differences in approach i think it depends on the position i think in mesa's case i think he'll be do different things and asked to do different things than Pires who I don't think DeBoer was a big fan of those long, direct diagonals playing out of the back or like right. over-pressing into the midfield. But then again, if you look at the center mid spot, yeah, I think you'll probably want more or less a like-for-like for Darlington Nagby. So I think it just depends where it is uh, where it is on the pitch and who you're replacing. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we pretty much agree. I mean, like, it, it just in terms but I, and I, the main thing I agree with you, Eric, is, and I hope people... Uh, I'm glad you call me out on, on what I said because I don't want people to think that I'm saying this is a complete uh, reverse of direction from the club, which is what I see a lot of 
a lot of people saying that right now. This is not. I, and I, that's, don't, I don't believe that, that is not the case. They're not blowing up the club. That's not what this is. If anything, it's the players deciding they want to improve their careers and progress in their sure. careers yeah. more than anything else. It's not blowing up the cup club. Uh, no one's trying to. You know. Uh, no one's. Yeah. No one's not trying totally, to win totally next agree. year. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you think Atlanta well, is doing this on purpose. To, to, to save a buck or whatever. No, they are trying to start a puppy <laughs> at, at eight. I'm pretty sure that's the idea. Just play the puppy at center mid. I'm telling you, man, I think Darren Eels is just piling up his cash to go Scrooge McDuck style diving into piles of gold doubloons. Man. It's, it's one of those two. It's either what Sam said or to Eric, <laughs> or, or sorry, or, or what I said, and there's no other right answer. All right. Well, one of those there we two. Go. We got to uh, go. Gotta by the way, it, just a quick aside. That Scrooge McDuck stuff, like when he dives into the pile of coins, you realize that if you tried to do Physically that, impossible. you'd break your neck. Yeah, coins 100%. aren't viscous. You can, or not vest on the yeah. word, but you can't swim through a big pile of metal like that. <laughs> it wasn't realistic. I'm just saying the cartoon was not realistic. Should have been more realistic. Don't be. A yeah, car- if they showed, I think Family Guy did that bit where like Peter like goes up to the ledge and jumps into the coins and like his neck snaps when he hits the pile of coins. That's great. That's All right, funny. tell them where they can find you on social media, gentlemen. You can find me at Josh B nine one four. Uh, at Sam J. Franco, uh, Instagram at S. Franco, too, if you're so inclined. Uh, you can find me at Eric G. Quintana. Find the podcast at MOTS Podcast. Make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram. YouTube, for whatever reason, is being a butt lately, and I cannot figure out why. And we've tried from multiple accounts to try to get this thing going, and for whatever reason, it's not letting us. Yeah, we spent like 45 minutes today. So we to will investigate as to why it's not working, and we will get back to you on whatever resolution we can come up with. Who owns Google? Because Google owns YouTube. So we need to get that guy on the phone. Listen, sir. We <laughs> listen, a, listen, we a, Mr. We Google. A, we have a live stream of our podcast to do. Um, all right. Anything else? No, um, I mean, I just... Patreon.com uh, if you want it's to. It's all over. Yeah, patreon.com uh, slash MOTS podcast if you want to subscribe to the podcast. And we've been putting out a lot of good content on Instagram, so make sure you follow us. That's it, right? The yeah. CEO of yeah. Google is Sundar Pichai. So he's getting a call from we us. We gotta go. Officially, we, we, we I've gone too long. All right, that is it for us. Until next time, see you later, Atlanta.